Hi, my friends, and welcome into today's episode. Merry Christmas! We finally made it. We are in the week after Christmas, this Christmas season. So, uh, Father Anthony co-hosts with me today, and as is our yearly tradition for our Christmas episode, Catholic comedian Aaron Weber joins us later in the show. He's an absolute blast. I got to see him in person this year. He's he's just the best. He's just the best. So, uh, Father Anthony and I start off with some stories, kind of recap our Advent as we head into, or uh, you know, as we were recording this, we were still towards the end of of Advent, you know, so we recap that, talk about some Christmas themes, uh, then we talk with Aaron, he shares one of the funniest stories I think I have ever heard, um, and it's not just a story, it's a moral conundrum that is also hilarious, so we hope that you'll enjoy that, and then finally we close the show with our second time that we were ever doing our new segment called Plain Theology, where I ask Father Anthony deep theological questions with absolutely no prep whatsoever and see what he can come up with, so we hope that you enjoy today's show, if you do, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening or over at youtube.com slash forte catholic hit that little subscribe button uh yeah enjoy today's show merry christmas y'all what's up welcome to forte catholic i am taylor stroll that is father anthony sarapa merry christmas father merry christmas we did it. We are we are recording a little early. We're recording the week before Christmas, but as you're listening to this, Christmas has already happened. So we're going to do a little bit of, uh, this is officially our Christmas episode, but here in this first segment, we're going to be um, doing a little bit of Advent recap and then talking about Christmas. Sound like a plan to you, Padre? I like it. Let's do it. All right. So I have to tell you a funny story, and I've only told this story to one person, and okay. I've been sitting on it for a while. Because I had to talk specifically to you about it. One, because not a lot of people would get the punchline immediately. So for those people listening on the show, I need you to be the person to explain this story to them. I'm doing no explaining at all. I'm just going to tell the story. Okay. Uh, and then you can laugh and then explain why you laughed. Sound like a plan? Okay. I hope it goes like you said. <laughs> I think it will go exactly like I said. And don't worry. Okay. Uh, if, if my jokes don't work, we've got Aaron Weber, <laughs> an actual comedian on the show later on. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, I'll throw you under the bus a few times throughout this uh, throughout the show. That's my Christmas gift to, to you. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we have our, our associate pastor at our parish. Um, I, and I, it's funny. I told a story a few weeks ago on the show where we had like our associate pastor was being like our our pastor for three months because our actual pastor was on a sabbatical in the Holy Land. And then our associate pastor kind of got bumped up to like actual pastor. And then this other guy came in to cover the associate pastor things. So it was a very confusing story. And I just want everyone to know that it's not confusing anymore because pastor is back and associate pastor is now associate pastor again. Good. So associate pastor is... Um, He's my age, about a year younger than me. So kind of in that same, you know, uh, same uh, priesthood group as as you, right? These yeah, young yeah. priests who, um, if I could categorize broadly, there's a, a lot of you guys are very much into like returning to some big traditions of the church without going full, like complete Latin all the time. You know, all these things, but bringing back like you've talked before about how you like Ad Orientum and how you like um, some, some of these other things. Right. So, yeah, um, sure. our priest, our associate pastor is the same kind of way. He wants to bring back these a lot of these traditions like um, some of the Latin chants and some of the, you know, the um, 
what what is this called? Incense. Incense. <laughs> I was like, the people listen. That was for you to help me, and you that didn't was, help me. That at was that was that was. I wasn't quite sure. Like we 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 punch people in the face now. At yeah. Mass? Like, br- let's... Br- bring back the punching, like yes. Saint Nicholas. Merry Christmas. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yes. Um. So he's like, you know, we want to bring back incense. We want to bring back this. But but he like a lot of people that I could sit like in y'all's priest kind of class or whatever, like this group yeah. that's coming in is you have a very good balance of let's return to these traditions. Um, but also in a pastoral way. Right. So like there've been, you know, there was kind of a group before that was very pastoral and might've missed the theological and traditional. Then there's a group before them that might've had all the theological and traditional, but might've missed the pastoral. Right. And I, and I feel mm-hmm. like this young crop of priests um, is able to uh, it's a weird word i knew as i said it it was a weird word <laughs> we just grow out new, the field <laughs> this bushel of priests <laughs> this hay bale of priests I, it's so funny because i was I, I couldn't find the word and it was just spinning for a little Crap. bit like it was loading and it just came out and i just saw you slap at me immediately i was like dang it i couldn't think of a better word uh this bushel basket of priests so yeah. like he has this pastoral thing where he he had the entire role of pastor for three months. And so he could have made any of the changes that he wanted to. Right. Obviously, being respectful to the actual pastor is going to come back eventually. But he could have just been like, hey, we're doing all Latin mass and all Latin everything <laughs> for three months. Take it or leave it. You know, dad will be back in three months. Deal with it. or whatever, Right. <laughs> But uh, and he he and I had talked about it, right? So one of his big things was he's like, I want to start chanting the mass in English. So like the okay. mass parts, like um, yeah. um, whenever we get to like the Eucharistic prayer, right? You have the option to either say that or to sing it, or mm-hmm. uh, like we saw in the roast of Father Anthony Sharapa at his live mass, you could do both simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> Where you started singing it and messed it up, and then just said it. It was the, one of that's, the greatest moments in the life. It's of Father actually Anthony uh, that's some next level priesting right there. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, not everyone can do that. Very pastoral. The why not both meme right in the middle of mm-hmm. mass. So, um, so. He and I have been talking. He's like, hey, I want to start chanting. So he was like, he would chant like the first, there's like all these sections in the Eucharistic prayer. And I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to get all technical and everything, but essentially he would yeah. chant like three sentences. And then the next mm-hmm. month he would chant like everything until the Holy Holy. And then the next few, a few months later, he would chant all the way through the next part. Right. So he was kind of like, yeah. you know, training the congregation to like, Hey, this is kind of a, a place that we're going. And it went very well. Like everybody, everybody cool. was cool with it. It was fine. Um, but he would, would talk to me, uh, you know, throughout those few months and be like, Hey, we want to make these change changes. I don't want to do too much. Will you let me know if I'm ever doing too much? And I was like, dude, I think you can actually do a little bit more. Like I get your hesitancy, right? Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't, I don't think we should go all the way to this full shift right now, but I think you could be doing, a little bit more of what you want. And he's like, cool. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> Advent comes around and I know this is our Christmas ab- episode, but I have saved this story just for you. First right. week of Advent, because this is something we did through all of Advent, but the first week of Advent, I hear about this change. I knew he was going to make some changes for Advent. I just didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. So not the priest, the priest is standing in the back of the church. Cause he's about to process in for week one of Advent. The yeah. lector goes up and says, you know, welcome to St. Joseph's Catholic church. Um, welcome to all of our visitors. Here's a couple of announcements. And one of the announcements was, um, since this is, we're, we're in a new season, we're in the Advent season, we're going to make, be making a few changes to our Mass. Um, for instance, we're going to be, um, 
we're going to be chanting some of them. Uh, we're going to be chanting the mass parts in Latin, like the Alleluia or the Kyrie. What? Uh, that's. But <laughs> the Hallelujah is is Hebrew, and it then is? the Kyrie is Greek. It sure what? is. That's the point. What? What's, <laughs> what's, what are they? What are they? What, 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 so I hurts. immediately, I immediately <laughs> whip my head around to the associate pastor, and he's just, he was all excited because this new change was coming. Yeah. And you can just see, the, we haven't started mass yet, and the, the feet on his face. Yep. That's <laughs> it, what you get for it trying. It made my advent. I don't care. Like, the season of waiting, I, I it, it was fine. I, I didn't yes. have to hope for anything at Christmas because I got everything I needed on the first week of Advent. <laughs> It gets worse. It gets worse. Okay. It says, we are going to chat, uh, chant the, the, the mass parts in Latin. And then, yeah. they, you know, they obviously said the Alleluia, the Curia. Yeah. So just mass parts going through this mass. Okay. Um, the Curia was first. That is, as you mentioned, is in Greek. There's yeah. no Gloria during Advent, at least most days during Advent. So yeah. there was no Gloria. Then we did the Alleluia, which, as you mentioned, was Hebrew. And yeah. then, finally, 35 minutes into Mass, we sure. get to the Holy Holy. And sure enough, Sanctus, Sanctus. Okay, yeah. We finally did it. 35 That's minutes in. That's some real Latin. Cool. <laughs> we did it. And I was so happy. I was like, guys, you finally did it. We made the mistake. You know, there was a mistake. People don't know. You know. Most people don't know. It was kind of a funny little thing just for me and the few other people that might know in the congregation. And just really just me looking at the priest's face and being like, oh, that's awesome. Um but then he, I, I thought we made it through the mistake. Sure. And then we we get to uh, right after the the Sanctus, you know, priest, you know, he, he does he does his thing, and then we get to the memorial acclamation. I'm just going to give you any guess to what language we did that in. Oh, he definitely did that in English. There's no one hundred percent right back to English. No and one then, ever does that in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to the Amen, which is what language? <laughs> That's then we're back to the Hebrew. <laughs> then we're back to Hebrew, and then we did the Lamb of God. What language? Uh, everyone knows the Agnus Day. They can do that in Latin. We did that in Latin, and then yeah. that was it. So <laughs> we went, we Big had, like changes. A, we had a Big quadlingual changes. mass. <laughs> we went <laughs> Greek, Hebrew, Latin, English, back to Hebrew, back to Latin. And I, I just could not wait to talk to the pastor, <laughs> to the associate pastor, whenever we were done. It made my advent. It was so, cause I laughed every single time. Uh, the announcement wasn't changed. It was the exact same week too. Finally, <laughs> finally, I made fun of the associate pastor to his face. Guess, can you guess when that, when the announcement stopped? Yeah, it's after yeah. I made fun of him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you're doing the Lord's work there. That's a mess. Uh, that needs to get fixed. <laughs> it, it, it was very very fun for me. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. How was Advent for you? I, I guess I should ask, let you talk a little bit of this. Oh my gosh, it was. Um, uh, a busy, uh, lots of confessions, which is good. Um, happy to do all of that. Uh, it's, I mean, it basically pretty miserable. I was pretty miserable all Advent. It's dark outside. Busy busyness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dark outside. No time for friends. Got to do all this other stuff. Got a little bit cranky. I'm not going to lie. Um, but things in the parish have been going well. Um, starting to get excited for Christmas. 
Uh, and uh, he- here we go. But you know what? I just don't like this time of year. Not the liturgical season, just in general. It's yeah. like, I wonder why I live in Pittsburgh. This place that's always <laughs> dark and cloudy all the time makes me sad. <laughs> right. And, and, and you're just very busy during, during yeah, this time, yeah. right? So, it's, just, it's, just, uh, yeah. it's funny. We did our seasonal depression episode last week, and this was supposed to be the Christmas episode. But I, I, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I no, I, it was terrible. <laughs> it's bad, 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 lame. So, um, like, I know that Christmas I is like busy, purple, too. Though. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, and pink, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Absolutely. Pink, yeah. Um do you get it? Like, do 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 you get a most people I think get a break from like around Christmas to the new year? Do you think slow down for you? I know you have Christmas masses and stuff, but will you get a time to relax and take a break? We'll uh, we my pastor and I will do a thing where um like after Christmas, I'll basically be working that entire week. So he gets a few extra days off, and then next week. Um, he'll be working all that week, uh, so that I'll get like three days off, which will be nice. Nice. So, so we do do that. Um, I mean, things are. It, <laughs> the thing is, even though things might calm down, it ends up like every little thing that you have to do, at least for me, annoys me. Like, why is somebody calling today? It's just, it's December twenty third. No one should be calling the office. Go <laughs> right. away. Right. Whereas normally that wouldn't bother me at all. You know, it's not that big a deal. Just everything becomes like <laughs> more annoying. Oh, you mean like in November when you got a call during this podcast and it annoyed both of us? <laughs> yes, yes. It's somehow funny. like it's it's it, especially during the if I'm recording during the day, calls should not go to my room number. So somebody apparently thought that like whatever question was an emergency, blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah. but uh, yes, after Christmas I'll get a little little breaky break. Good, I'm happy for you. Um, I heard something about. You know, we get we have this Christmas season, this Advent season every year, and most of the themes and most of the homilies and most of the podcasts and everything are very samey. Like I've heard it before. Yes, is it good to have a reminder? Like, sure. Allison and I were pretty open. Like we were having some seasonal depression stuff too. We needed the season of hope, and then hopefully we can have the season of of rejoicing, right? Yeah. Um, but usually the themes are pretty similar. Uh, but I heard something the um this past week about like this Christmas and, and Easter or this Christmas and Advent season that mm-hmm. like rocked me because it, it's a, it's a character. It, it is something in me that is a character. It, it is a positive in my character, but it can vary at the same time. It can be one of my biggest character flaws. Okay. Um, and it, I, I heard the story of Joseph. So like, you know, at, you know, we get the whole, yeah, you know, the angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to, you're going to, have a baby. She has to tell Joseph. Like we we get all that, right? Yeah. But the thing that rocked me in a new way was that Joseph, um, the you know the stepdad of Jesus, right, mm-hmm. was, was convicted to do the right thing and divorce Mary quietly. Like under the rules and the law and everything, he could have divorced her very publicly and made it a big shameful thing. And we hear every Advent that you know he was convicted to change his mind. But even before an angel showed up, he was convinced that he was doing the right and the just thing. And Mm -hmm. in comparison to what was supposed to happen, he was going to do the right and just thing and divorce her quietly so that to not bring shame upon her. Right. Um, And then was shown a better way and was able, when the angel came and said that, Hey, yeah, (laughs) Mary's not lying to you. Right. Like it it was, it was us, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) Uh, he was shown a better way and was able to pivot and was convicted to take her into his home. 
and man, like it, it hit me like immediately because I think my conviction is pretty strong, like mm, conviction mm. to like uh, either do the, hopefully to do the right thing, but especially once I make a decision, that's what I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. I, I will discern beforehand. I'll talk to people. I'll, you know, go to some confidants or whatever, but like once I make a decision, that's what I'm doing. And so I just imagine myself being in Joseph's position, being like, like I, I, I could change my mind from doing the wrong thing to do the good thing or doing the good mm-hmm. thing to choosing to do the wrong thing, choosing to sit or whatever. Right. <laughs> sure, but like yeah. going from something, Joseph was already taking a big leap publicly in the public sphere and doing the quote unquote correct thing. Sure. And to, to be able to have his mind changed it just blew me away because it's like, I don't, it, it's very hard for me to do that. Once I've made a decision, I like to stick with it. And, and it stuck out to me. Like that was like the big takeaway for my Advent season. Yeah. And I think it's especially now, I, I wouldn't say this was necessarily Joseph's state of mind, but uh, something that we can understand is like, especially when you have made a decision and you're pretty proud of the decision you've made. Right. Like if, if like if Joseph was thinking, hey, I found a really good compromise for this thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing a difficult thing. And then uh, like, OK, you thought that was a great idea, but doesn't matter anymore. This is the right thing to do. Like to let go of your conviction. Uh, it's like to, sometimes to let go of your pride as well, which can be a very difficult thing to do, um, especially when you're utterly convinced that what you're doing is the right thing, which, you know, in this case is super complicated because. He was doing the right thing, you know, um, if you look at it that way. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for him, it it took an angel appearing to him to change his mind. Uh-huh. And like, so like, yeah, he changed his mind. Right. But like, I am now like worried because I noticed this. I know this about myself that I'm mm. once I make a decision, like you said, even if I think it is a good decision, it's hard for me to change. It's like, what is it going to take for me? Right. Because like I've never had an angel appear to me. Right. But like I want to make the best choice, not just a good one, even a really good one. Right. Um, Yeah. And I've just been sitting with that of like, what's it going to take? Is it going to take deeper prayer? Is it going to take allowing people into my life to like inviting people to say something like, you know, say the strong word? Like, I don't know what it is because I don't know what would change my mind because I, I tell you what, like. In those normal life situations, it now can I change my mind? Yes, and it, but it takes somebody like you or Allison or my wife or like my mom or like somebody I really trust. But like most of the time, if somebody from outside of like my inner circle says something, it's going only going to entrench me even more. In, in <laughs> right? Decision, yeah, that's, right? that happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to divorce her even quietly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it is for me. Right. So it's like. I think I pretty often make good decisions, but I think there might be like these great decisions that I'm missing out on because I don't have angels talking to me and Uh, I don't know what what to do. (laughs) I think it's important to remember that not every decision we make is a big deal. Like, cause you don't want to be, you know, you can drive yourself crazy trying to think of what is the absolute best thing to do in each situation when sometimes, and actually a lot of times in life, good enough is actually good enough and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, for those bigger things, like for big life choices, there's always there can be that anxiety there. But I think even in that, to remember that um, 
if you've done your best to make the good decision, then you have to trust God enough to either support you in what you're doing or to, in his time, lead you in a different direction. Um, if you make the, the decision-making thing about yourself and whether or not you're right or wrong, uh, you end up kind of almost losing faith in God to direct your life. You end up losing faith in providence because I have to pick the perfect thing. And that can be um, a way to really just drive yourself crazy spiritually. Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned pride earlier, and I think that's the, that, I mean, that's always going to be the thing for me, right? Where it's like, once I make the decision and I know that it's right, it's, it's, it's really hard to break that pride of like, oh, maybe I was wrong or maybe not even wrong, but just like, it could be better. Right. But like yeah. that ability to pivot, like that was, you know, we, we mm -hmm. I always think of friends, you know, it makes it kind of a silly thing, whatever I hear pivot, but like his ability to pivot from good to great after he had made the decision. I think that's the thing that I found very admirable of like yeah. being able to pivot after the decision, which like this is what you're, it's kind of what that, that last point you were making of like, okay, I'm gonna make the decision. I'm going to move forward with it. But if something else comes up, <laughs> I'm going to be willing to, to change. Yeah, so exactly. Um, last little point about Joseph is, um, you know, as you know, as I was thinking about that pretty much throughout most of Lent, um, one final Joseph point stuck home is like after after all those decisions and after all the good things he did, protecting his family after Egypt, uh, going into Egypt, coming back and everything. It's like he still lost Jesus. Right. And like, yeah. <laughs> he, he still lost Jesus. Him and Mary lost Jesus. Yeah, for days, that's a rough one uh, in, in the temple. Right. And even then like he was still chosen and the right person for the job. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that, I mean, that I got goosebumps when I said it, because it's like, yeah. I mean, like that, that's like, man, like even if our mistakes and we mess up, it doesn't mean that we're bad or we made the wrong decision or that we weren't the right person for this. It's like, he still chose Joseph to be that leader and protector, even though he knew that at least in this one instance, mm -hmm. he lost the person that he was meant to yeah, protect yeah. <laughs> um, and was still chosen and still did good things. So that, that, that gave me a lot of hope kind of at the, you know, as I was thinking about the whole Joseph, a decision yeah. process. Yeah. That's, that's a really nice thought, but also we don't hear about Joseph after that. So maybe, maybe he got fired after the whole temple <laughs> thing. <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> well, thanks for ruining Christmas, Father Anthony. Uh, but don't worry. We have somebody to salvage it. Aaron Weber, oh, uh, one of our favorite Catholic comedians. Uh, our, it's our Christmas tradition to have him on the show. Uh, whenever we come back, he's going to uh, lighten, the, lighten the mood a little bit. Thanks for ruining my advent and Christmas, Father Anthony. Yeah. Don't, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you're finding yourself with a little extra free time over this holiday break, I'd like to suggest to you to go catch up on some of the videos at youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Not only do we have full episodes of this show where you can watch the show as, uh, along with listen to it. Uh, we've also got our Catholic Foundation series, which is our 10 week um, study that me and one of my friends taught for our parish. Uh, it's like the 10 basic things that every Catholic needs to know. Um, so whether you're new to Catholicism or uh, you'd like a little refresher, check out that series. We also have our pop culture series where we talk about our favorite movies, TV shows. We've had about one a week come out over the last month. So you can check those out. We've done um, the Willow TV, uh, the Willow movie. We've done um, Andor from Star Wars, you know, so stuff like that, stuff from pop culture. We've got some worship and some talks and all that kind of stuff too. So check it all out. YouTube.com slash Forte Catholic. And I hope that you enjoy it. 
Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and as is our Christmas tradition, not only do I have Father Anthony Sharapa here, but I have my favorite, one of my favorite comics, period, my favorite Catholic comic, Mr. Aaron Weber. What's up, buddy? All right. Happy to be back. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. A, a quick recap for people who, uh, you know, maybe haven't listened since last Christmas. You know, maybe people listen to the podcast like they go to mass, you know, Christmas, Easter, maybe Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Aaron has been our Christmas guest, I think, five times, five of the last six years or something like that. So it's become a fun little tradition for us. That many times, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're, I you're could like, have sworn <laughs> this is like my I thought this was my second time ever doing it. So it's good. To, you know, well, I have no idea. Half of your appearances here have been memorable. And that that means yes. a lot to me, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's better than my usual batting average. Yeah, so that makes me feel sure. good. For sure. So a little recap for people. You've, you've been on the show. It's, 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 it's always our Christmas week episode. It's a fun little tradition for us. Um, so. Fun recap for how I met Aaron. I went and saw a John Chris show many years ago, and there was this uh, this opener for the opener for the opener, right? Uh, and his name was Aaron Weber. And he talked about being Catholic in a in a uh, Protestant megachurch full of fifty five hundred Protestants. Me and Aaron. <laughs> so I so I sent you a DM after your show, and I was like, "Hey man, I think you did a great job. It was so much fun. We became friends. Got you on the show, um, but we had never met in person. So I I saw you." perform comedy that first time um we've talked on the show you know you know anywhere from two to five years we're not quite sure uh and but this year was the first time that we like actually met in person and i'm surprised how it happened because you came and did a comedy show in Bryan, texas which i didn't even know they did comedy shows in Bryan, texas i didn't know Bryan, texas was a city <laughs> until <laughs> until i got booked on the show um so yeah it was just crazy comedy will bring you places yeah you, you, you never otherwise uh get to go so that was cool that that worked out man was that close to where you live do you live in college station or, or so, brian exactly so, yeah so typically i'll say i live in brian college station but i live in brian i live eight minutes from where wow. you did the show yeah so wow that's amazing um, my we got a babysitter my wife was able to come some me my wife and my best friend we all got to to meet you know, we got to see you at the show uh, you did a great job. It was very funny, and then we got to to meet you after, take some pictures. It was it was just a real, it was like one of my highlights of the year. It was really 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 fun. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. We were staying at that the hotel above the comedy club. Uh, they tell us it's a haunted hotel, Brian. Which is like I was coming off a run of like I'd stayed at like three haunted hotels that month and i was just over it by that point so i didn't even i go i'm not even gonna like look into this if i hear noises i just don't care i'm just gonna just gonna sleep through it but that was a fun show man yeah i'm glad i got to finally meet you afterwards so you said you'd been in a few haunted hotels after a while and you just kind of were over it like did you have some experiences with the with the other world, the other side? No, I never <laughs> have, but, I, but I'm over, like, caring about it and, like, looking into it. <laughs> I, I found that every old building in America, they just start going, well, it's haunted. And that somehow makes it more interesting. Because otherwise, it's just an old building with nothing going on. You know, so I did a, uh, a show in, in Iowa at this place called the Renwick Mansion. And they said, it's a haunted mansion. And I walked around, I didn't see anything. I was just like, ah, you know, who cares? Maybe <laughs> maybe we invite this stuff in the more we try to learn about it, care about it, talk to it. I'm just not gonna talk to it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so I, I have a theory, but I want to hear from the priest's perspective. What What do you think okay. about the old hauntings in the in the in, in the hotels? And Aaron's theory about if I just don't talk to them, maybe they'll leave me alone. Uh, I think in general, not talking to to ghosts or demons is a good thing. So thumbs up for that idea. <laughs> against that whole activity. Uh, but you know, it, it, hotels are places where people do stupid stuff, and sometimes stupid stuff has consequences. Whether they're like I don't know, doing a séance or doing a murder, that can that can uh, mess some things up, haunt some things for sure. Yeah, so probably well, isn't it scarier to just say there's been a murder at this hotel? To say I think there's a ghost of a of a librarian yeah. walking around. <laughs> yeah, a ghost of a librarian. <laughs> I guess it depends on what the ghost, who the ghost is. Yeah, it's like there's a ghost of a murderer. That's a scary ghost. If it's that's a ghost true. of a librarian, who cares? Right, right, well, right. I would like, love for there to be a ghost of a librarian in the hotels that I stay at because she would just walk around telling all the other guests to shh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a very helpful ghost. And and that was actually my theory with like de- dealing with uh you know either loud guests or potential hauntings in old buildings because I've you know I travel and stay in hotels too and I just have a white noise machine I turn it on very very loud and that Perfect. way if the demons are like Taylor I just can't hear them because I yeah. know, the, the, the white noise cancels them out so you got the the, the priest and saying you know don't do seances or murders that's our tip for this c- Christmas episode I um, stand by that I stand by that <laughs> and, and here's my practical tip of just bring a white noise machine on your iPad and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Either way, out of sight, out of mind. Ignorance exactly. is bliss. Exactly. I- ignorance is bliss. Uh, you know, on the, the podcast that you're on every week called Nate land uh, with Nate Bargetzi and some other guys, you know, who cares? Uh, it's just you and Nate to me. That's all that really matters. Um, but you're, you, they always make fun of you for being a Notre Dame grad that doesn't know a lot. So I like, I like when you say stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, thanks. You think, <laughs> I think they just love when they, you know, I used to be, I used to be the guy correcting them and, and trying to add info to stuff. And I think eventually I just decided you know, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth my time. Right. So, so I'll just, I'll just play down to them. I listen enough to know, do, but it's one of those things that I know that you do, but I'm not sure that you know that you do it. Okay. Do you, do you know what your go-to is now? Like, I know exactly the moments that you want to say something and try to correct. Do you know what you do now? No, I don't. You just giggle in the background. It's the funniest part of the show to me. Okay. <laughs> you just, All like, right. silently giggle. Like, they're just having a conversation, and you just won't even jump in because you're like, <laughs> it's so messed up. I can't even, like, fix it if I tried. And you're just giggling in the background. And, like, my wife and I listened to an episode together uh, the other day, and, like, I pointed it out to her. And, like... There we were. This is one of the craziest moments. Like, we looked crazy. Like, we did that, like, Apple AirPod, like, share thing, you know, where, like, yeah, we, yeah. Could, we could both be listening in our AirPods to what was happening on my phone. And we took a walk through around our neighborhood, and we're listening to you giggle, and it's making us giggle. So we're just two people walking down the neighborhood, not <laughs> saying a word to each other, giggling randomly because of you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I'll definitely uh, I'll be aware of that now. I used yeah. to just say that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> way of just going. All right, yeah, that's totally fair. You know, let's move on. It's not even worth digging into what's wrong about that. For sure. 
So I, I have a comparison and it's going to get, this is going to get into me eventually throwing father Anthony under the bus. Well, we'll see what okay. one, one of us is wrong. It's either me or father Anthony. I think you're going to help. You're going to be the deciding factor. Cause that's what we like at okay. Christmas is, uh, okay. you know, family arguments conflict, and, and conflict somebody management. else, somebody else deciding. So, um, as I mentioned, I went and saw you in person at this comedy show and you're like, you've, you've been on tour. So I would imagine you've been working on this material for, for a while. And it was pretty polished. Like I, I could tell that it was like, you had your set. It was, it was pretty polished. It was very funny. Um, I went to one other comedy show this year. I went and saw Gabriel Iglesias like a week after his, he, he did a, he did a special in like Dodger stadium, Phil Dodger yeah. stadium. And like the next week I saw him in Houston at, at the Houston improv and it was, you know, so he went from Dodger Stadium to like a comedy club with like 200 people, you know, 200, 300 people, something like that. Right. And it was two and a half hours long, just him, because he's uh-huh. he was w- working out new material. Right. And, he, and he's, he's, he's open mm-hmm. about it. He talked about it. It wasn't like a publicized show. This was just a, hey, I just did this big thing. I want to come back and work mm-hmm. out this new material, like kind of we're in my roots, like in, in this in these comedy clubs. And so it was two and a half hours and a lot of it was storytelling and, 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 uh, but there were definitely some jokes and you could tell he'd been working on it. But like, I would say like the first third of it was like pretty polished and very funny. And then the middle, he's just like telling stories and talking to the audience and asking questions and, and kind of going. And then like the last, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes was, was pretty polished, but I mean, two and a half hours. Um, so it was an interesting experience, yeah. like seeing you go for, you know, 45 minutes, very mm-hmm. polished, and then seeing this other very good comedian go for two and a half hours, not as polished. So it's like, I probably got the same amount of laughs in your 45 minutes and his two and a half hours. Oh, interesting. It, it was like a different, a different experience, right? Well, actually, the show you came to see, that was all new stuff I was doing. Taylor. Oh, that's, that's great. Really... <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was about to say, it seemed like it was, it was really good. That yeah, was all brand new. I walked out there. I said, what should I talk about? <laughs> yeah. In general, a good rule of thumb is that if so, it, it's always less of that than they're giving off. Because the illusion of a good stand-up comedian is it looks very casual, very conversational, very off the cuff. But so much of it is prepared ahead of time. And I'm not at the level yet, thankfully. But I'm not at the level that... He is at Gabriel Iglesias, where you can guarantee everybody at his shows has seen his earlier work. Right. They've all watched his last special. Now they're clamoring to see what else he's going to say. So that's difficult. And I know a lot of comedians have different processes for that, where they're trying to build a new hour from scratch, right? So then maybe they wedge new stuff between older stuff that's more polished, like it sounds like he did. It sounds like he's opening up with stuff left over from the last special uh-huh. and then putting the new stuff in to work that out and then closing on something good. Uh, that's pretty common. I'm I'm at a level where, I mean, you had seen me before, but I can guarantee most of the people at these shows have not seen me before. Yeah. They haven't listened to my album. They don't know who I am ever, really. So that's kind of a luxury where I can just do, do older stuff. I, I don't have as much pressure to just put new material out that's how i feel whenever i get uh moved to a new parish i can just bring back <laughs> all the old homilies i love it now i've been here for a year and i gotta start making up some new stuff it's oh yeah i've got one oh, year's with homilies and that's it like, uh, when you go to college you can you can reuse all your papers from high school yeah. <laughs> I, I had a friend from uh i can't remember if i told you i had a friend from high school he went to he went to a community college here and he had some class where he just had to write a paper 
Like that was that was the assignment. It didn't have to be about anything. It was just please <laughs> write a paper. And so he hit me up and was like, "Do you have any? Do you have any papers?" I go, "Yeah, I got a paper on uh, Aquinas about angels." I mean, <laughs> you know. So I just sent him that. So this is a kid at community college. He had told to pick any topic, and he submitted a paper. Thomas Aquinas, kid's not even Catholic. Like it made zero sense, but it was. It's just, it's the same principle. You jump parishes, yeah. Let's yep. dust off the old homilies. Exactly. This is all brand new stuff. <laughs> did he get a good grade with your angels Aquinas paper? I hope to God he did. I got a good grade at Notre Dame. So if he got a worse grade at Volunteer State Community College, I would be furious. <laughs> That's very funny. That's very funny. And this, so this brings me up to to throwing up or not throwing up. I did that this weekend. It's been on my mind uh, to throwing Father Anthony under the bus um, mm-hmm. because Aaron, you were saying that like yeah, every comedian wants to look like it's easy and, and kind of, you know, just really, really easy going when, you, when you're up on stage. Well, Father Anthony and I got into this, uh, this fun, little, fun little debate the other day where he says that um, the less you try to be funny, the more funny you are. And I was literally driving to see Gabriel Iglesias as he was to, as he was talking about this, right? So I'm like, I don't know, man. I think comedians try pretty hard to like to, to be funny, right? So, um, Father Anthony, I'm going to let you kind of. Uh, this, this is your argument in my words, but what is your argument that like it people are funnier when they try not to be funny? So what what I was actually saying, Taylor, <laughs> uh-huh. is that when. Uh-huh. Uh, when people try to try to be funny in a sense of like they make it their personality, like they are trying to draw attention to themselves, like being a comedian, like, like, look at me. I am funny instead of the idea of like finding what is funny or working on something like, like kind of like an artist, like a good piece of art will, will speak something. Um, a self-indulgent piece of art will point right back to the artist. And like, that's just, doesn't work as well. So I've, I just know people who try to make comedy or try to be funny desperately so, and it just ends up looking kind of pathetic at times. Instead of, like, I'm not saying you don't work at a craft or try to polish something or try something new, but it's precisely when you stop making it about yourself. Because uh, even even I think a lot of comedians who, who make it about themselves, they are making a character and working on a character. It's when you're like saying I am valuable because I am funny that very oftentimes these people aren't. That's what I was saying. What do you think, Aaron? That's interesting. Would you liken it to, I was just talking about this with uh, a buddy of mine of why we stopped, why we stopped watching sports center because it used to be years ago, I would just have sports center just running on a, you know, my TV would just be on with sports center on it. And I just stopped caring. And and my friend suggested it became when the when the anchors became the celebrities, mm-hmm. and it became all about them. And it becomes less about the sports they're talking about. And now it's like let's just watch Scott Van Pelt just kind of talk about himself for an hour. That's what it feels like now. Is that is that a fair analogy to what you're saying? Yeah, I think yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. It's yeah, it's it becomes less about the thing that we both audience and comedian enjoy the comedy and more about this person, their personality. Like I said, even when uh, people are making the comedy about themselves, it's very often like they have crafted a character and they're playing right. a character on stage. Right. Um, it's something that is like shared and discovered by both 
as it's going on, not like, hey, look at me, look how funny I am. Because mm-hmm. that's always kind of cringy. And you can like you can tell. I agree. And Taylor, that's a much more complicated idea than you gave him credit for. Well, that's why I let him exactly. say it in his words, because I was on the other side of the argument, right? But, but I think there is some nuance there, and I, but I, I think there's still some, some part of it that I disagree with, right? And it comes to people, like, we're talking about comedy in general, but I think working at anything, right? Where it's like, I can see where, like, Aaron, if you were just doing comedy and you were making it all about you and all about money and all and like there, if there was no humility, it would be annoying. But you like you're funny. I can tell that you work at it, but there's some humility about it. But at the same time, the irony of this is when we're done with this conversation, we're going to plug all of your things. AaronWeber.com at real Aaron Weber on all the social media. Right. Because uh-huh. th- there is still a part of it of like if this is something that you are doing for a living, you still do, right. you still do want people to be pointed to what you're doing. You know, go watch, go, go listen to the special on, on, uh, on audio, go, go sign up for his next show or whatever. Right. So I get what you're saying, Anthony, of like the, the, the kind of the pride and humility element of it. But I think there's still that, like, when people are making a living, you know, the, the priest wouldn't understand, you know, everything's paid for and you still get paid, you know, <laughs> but the, for the rest of us that have to make a living, we have to like actually try about this stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's marketing's different than comedy, though. That's like a whole different genre. Like, yeah, how do you that? I don't know if that's actually disagreeing with me or not, but yeah, it makes sense to point to the person when it comes to like, hey, how do I find this material or this comedian and this talent? Yeah, sure. But that's different than the person making the thing about themselves. It just, I mean, what else are you going to call it? It's like a practical thing. I'm very confused. Like, what would what would what would what would, what would the the sign for um for for Aaron's comedy show in Brian Texas be like? What would you call like? You can't just name it. I don't know. This this no. I am. I you have brought up something that has nothing to do with this argument. <laughs> Which is a good way to win an argument. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. What, what's funny is I think this is what he's doing is a good way to win the argument. I think I brought up the thing that crushes his argument. He's like, that has no place here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just a big fan of like of like working hard for the things that you care about. Right. Like, sure. You know, Aaron, you're doing this for, for a living. Like um, I might have taken a little offense to it because it's like I'm trying to do a you know comedy entertainment thing up within Catholicism. So I do work hard on being entertaining sure. and being funny sure. and, and sharing the faith in, in a fun way. And like, yeah, it would be great if it looked easy all the time. And I think sometimes I make it look easy. Sometimes I can force it. Right. So like I, I can hear what you're saying and be like, OK, like maybe I do try to force it a little bit much. But it's like I still, you know, want to work hard on it to make a good product. To, to you know, use my gifts, but at the same time, I do want people to come and listen to the show and hit subscribe, right? So there's like, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, sure. Look at that. Compromise. Look at that. <laughs> the meaning of Christmas. Yes, the meaning <laughs> of Christmas is compromise. <laughs> this is what, that's what Christmas is all about. It's two, two sides of an argument, both deciding that they're bored with the argument. Speaking of agreeing to moving on and me winning the argument, Aaron, how can people find you and, and see all about you well, and learn about I, this great I comedian? I got, a, I got a moral dilemma I want to run Go for by it. the two. Go for it. Yeah. There's the, the comedy club in Nashville. There's, there's a group of homeless people that are always outside the club. Okay. 
And I've developed sort of a friendship with a couple of them because I see them all the time, right? So one guy, this is a few weeks ago, he says, can I have some money? And I only had a $10 bill on me. So I said, here's what I'll do. I'll give you this $10. Run to the gas station. Get me a Milky Way bar. Bring it back to me and you can keep the change. Because I'm... Because I'm Christian, I want to help people, but I'm I'm Catholic, so I want them to earn it. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> so I said, go get me a Milky Way bar. So like I'm like worst case scenario, he runs off with my ten dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And I've learned something. So I said, <laughs> all right. So take this money. He runs to the gas station. He comes back with two Milky Way bars. And I go, well, dude, I only wanted one. You could have had more change. And he goes, don't worry, I stole them both. <laughs> and then and then he walked off with the full $10. So now I'm just sitting there, <laughs> stolen goods. <laughs> this is actually the worst case scenario. I've, I've funded a crime, <laughs> you know? So I guess my question is, what is my moral responsibility in this moment? Because I'll tell you what I did. I ate both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's what I was required to do morally in that moment. Well, you're not you and you're hungry, Aaron. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you can't that's let the food bar, go but waste. applies to Milky Ways. Too. You're right. You can't let the food go to waste. For sure. There you go. Right. And yeah. you can't like bring it back virtues. to the store because they can't put that back on the shelves. Because who knows uh, if you like passed put... around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. You're, all right. These I, are yeah, all good. Imagine points. that conversation. You walk in, the head of the store is like, "Hey, this homeless guy just stole these and gave these to me. You want them back?" He'd be like, "No, I don't want those." <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's good. These are all good things. That makes me feel better about eating them. Well, what, 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 it's it's yeah. You you got you got a nice little snack. Um, you, you know, you didn't. I mean, what are you, you going to do? Throw them away? You know, there's. But the the other thing is, is that now you can count the full ten dollars as tithing instead of like the eight dollars and eighteen cents that it would have been. You know, so now it's it, the full ten dollars is, is towards your tithing. It's great for you. Can you count money for tithing if it's been if it was used to fund a, a crime? It wasn't used to fund the crime. All ten dollars is still intact. The crime was separate. Essentially, all I did was I hired this guy to steal me candy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds worse. <laughs> it went from it went from charity. It's like, no, I'm not gonna give you charity. I'm gonna give you a job. And he's like, no, I'm not getting a job. Right. I'm doing a crime. <laughs> it went from uh, give you charity. No, I'm gonna promote your human dignity. Yes, yeah. there you I'm go. Give you, I'm gonna give you work. Yeah, social teaching is one of them. And he's right? like, and he's saying, like, you know what? I'm going to work smarter, <laughs> not harder. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said, he, yeah, you, he's a smart guy. Yeah. You said compromise was what Christmas is all about. I think your story is what Christmas is all about. I think it's about, <laughs> about giving and sharing and a little bit of crime and a little bit of I'm not sure what's going on in my moral life. I think that's what Christmas is all about. Perfect. Perfect. Anthony, did I work too hard at that joke or did it come off pretty easy? Are you going to be sensitive the rest of the podcast? Is oh, that what's going to happen? I 100% took it personally, which is why I wanted to talk about it with a comedian. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't have your back more, Taylor. Oh, no, it's it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Um, but anyway, I knew how it was going to end. Aaron, how can people find you? How can people see you? How, well, and obviously, you're on the Nate Land podcast every week um, at Real Aaron Weber on social media. But uh, people should go see you in a, at a show. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. I got a big uh, 2023. 
the big tour coming up. I'm going to a bunch of cities I've never gone to. Um, New Brunswick, New Jersey, Asheville, North Carolina, uh, Milwaukee, Omaha, Nebraska. Like I'm going kind of all over. So AaronWeberComedy.com. You can check it out. It's my MySpace page. You can check it out and see all my dates on there. And uh, I'd love you to come see the show. It was great. I, I, yeah. I, I had a good time. I, um, so, like, obviously, I've been a fan of you for a while. Like, I, Anthony and I listened to your special last year, and I enjoyed it. My wife and my best my, – my wife has heard you a little bit on the podcast, and my best friend knew nothing about you, just wanted to come out and have a good night, and all three That's of us great. absolutely had a great time. That's great. Um, Thanks, man. So I'm going to call enough on this podcast and let you go. Merry <laughs> yeah, Christmas. All right. I love it. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Adios, you too. Uh, guys, we'll be right back. Uh, do not go anywhere. Father Anthony and I will still be salty when we get back. One of the gifts that you can give Forte Catholic during this Christmas season is to leave a review, especially if you are on listening on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on most podcast apps, a lot of them just have like where you can give the five stars. That's really helpful. But especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, write us a couple of sentences of a review. It would really help us to continue to grow and reach more people. If you're on YouTube, just leave a comment, something that you like from the show, questions you have. Um, all of that stuff really helps. The more like engagement we have, in uh, reviews and in the comments and stuff. It just really helps us out and reach more people. So you can help us um, in that very simple way and we'd really, really appreciate it. So leave a review on Apple, on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on social media or YouTube wherever you are engaging with this right now. Welcome back to Fortnite Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Sarapa. Man, that was so much fun with Aaron. I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, he's a great dude. It's always fun to have on. Uh, I can't remember if I've told this story on the show, but his story about about the candy bars made me think of this one. It was okay. this really weird experience. And to the listeners, I apologize if I shared it over the last month or so. I, I, I don't know what I've said. I've said a lot of things. Um, but I'll make it quick. Uh, my son and I went to this Mexican restaurant, just the two of us on a Friday night, because like my, or maybe it was Saturday, my wife and the, and the girls went to go see the Nutcracker. That's like the, the girls... Um, Christmas traditions to go see the Nutcracker cool. a few weeks before Christmas. So it's just me and Chris. We're playing Fortnite. I say, hey, let's go have dinner. We go and and we and we we're walking into this place that like they know who we are. Like we go yeah. there often enough where like they recognize us, right? Especially like the general manager, because he's been there since we've since before we moved here. Mm-hmm. Um as we're walking in, it's just me and my son, and there's another guy who you know, there's there's some connection because let's just say we're 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 very similar looking. We're both very large, bald, bearded, jolly white men, right? So okay. he looks at me. He's like, "That's my brother," and he goes, "I'm," you know. So he opens, the, he holds the door open for us, even though we're pretty far away from the door. And yeah. as we're walking up, he's doing this nice thing, but then yeah. he like sees that I'm wearing like a Houston Texans thing. And he's like, oh, no, a Texans fan. He starts to close the door, which is very <laughs> funny to yes. hold the door for somebody for like 10 seconds and then close it as they're getting there. It's very funny. And yeah. he was joking. He started to close the door and then he opened it up again. And we go in, we chat, we have a nice little conversation. And then we get we get seated, you know, me and Chris at, at our table. They get sat somewhere else. We have our entire dinner. And then as we're at, like, we're not done yet, but we're getting close to the end of our meal. That yeah. guy and his, I'm guessing his wife. Walked by and said, hey, just wanted to let you guys know, you know, uh, I hope y'all are having a good night. We took care of your dinner. 
And I was like, really wow. incredible. And like, you know, so like Chris and I had a good time, you know, we had, we got, we, had, we got our queso, we got our meals and, and we got our drinks. And stuff. So it was like 40, 45 bucks. Right. Yeah. I'm like that's very, very kind. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. You know, all, yeah. all that stuff. Right. And then, um, so the, the, before we leave, I just want to make sure that I'm not finding myself in a situation like Aaron. Right. 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 <laughs> Because very easily, you could walk to a table and say you paid for them, and then they walk out, and then now they're getting arrested, which is very funny. <laughs> which is really, like, that that's what was going on in his head when he saw your shirt. Right, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to get this guy. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to walk out, like, wave to the gentleman. Like, the most bold walk out on a, on a yes. tab ever. Hey, thanks so much. All this stuff, right? So I, I go and I ask the general manager. I was like, hey, he said he paid for our food. Did he? And he's like, yeah. I was like, did he tip? He's like, I don't really want to say. I was like, come on, man. Like, I want to make, I, I, I was a yeah. server. I want to make sure my server was taken care of. He's like, no, they didn't tip. I, I was like, no worries at all. Like, I, yeah. I've got a, I've got a 10. And ironically enough, all I had by, well, I didn't even think about this part. Ironically <laughs> enough, all I had was a 10 uh, in, in my, in my wallet. Yeah. So, so I give that lady, uh, uh, the, the, our server, the 10. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. Did he tip on their ticket? And he's like, I really shouldn't say this, but no. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So then I have to, like, go find their server, like, find the other person's server. I take back the 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 10 from, from my server. I give that 10 to her. I have my server run my card for a penny so I can give her $10 on my card because gotcha. that's all the cash I have, right? Yeah. So it was just this baffling moment of, like, they did something so generous for us who they didn't have, like, any responsibility to. Yeah. But then they like screwed over the people they kind of had responsibility to, and it was this baffling moment of like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, that is weird. Um, like I, I totally get like you know picking up someone's meal and not thinking and not leaving a tip for them, but like to not tip your own uh, waiter or waitress, <laughs> and like yeah, um, that's uh, a weird combination of being both very classy and very not classy at the same right. time it's kind of baffling right. yeah and i was like man <laughs> so the only lesson i took from it was one it was just kind of funny and weird and yes. like i had explained it to chris he's like what just happened and i was like i don't know <laughs> like you know like because <laughs> he saw me walking around like handing people money and taking it back and giving a card yeah. he's like what are you doing you know like usually <laughs> this goes so much smoother daddy's a drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um so it was just this very so thing but it was also like you know we can't do the right thing at the expense of doing the wrong thing. Right. And yes. I think a, a lot of times I, I do that. It was kind of a you know mirror back on myself of like, sometimes I will do the right thing at the expense of somebody else. And it's like, okay, you know, it was just a reminder to do the right thing for other people all the time. Okay. That was a fun little story, but uh, we have to pick up where you and I left off a month ago with a new okay. segment that we call plain theology. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to hear your explanation of this segment. Uh, it's, it's, uh, plain theology refers to the off the cuff nature in which sometimes our Holy Father will answer questions on a plane. Uh, also as a reference to the, the kind of, how do you, how do I say regularness of the theology I'm giving you? It's not like fancy theology. It's just plain theology. There's right. definitely a more concise way to say what I just tried to say. But well, that's the gist. fun, play, fun, fun playing on words. Play, yes. Play, play on, okay. Um, play on, don't worry about it. I, I, okay. it, was, it was one of those jokes I was trying too hard for. Okay. So <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions. One, 
that remains from last time, one that is new, and one that Aaron kind of kind of referenced. And I don't know okay. if we have time for all three. So I'm going to start with the one that Aaron referenced. This was going to okay. be our third one. I didn't really want to talk about it on the Christmas episode, but Aaron brought it up. So I want to keep it going. Can demons hear our thoughts? What do they know and what do they not know? So like I, I, things that I understand, this is my understanding, is that mm. they, they could see my actions. Like I've read screw tape letters. They're like, hey, we see that our person is doing these things. Okay, let's try to get them to go to these things. But like I can pray in my head to God. I can, I can ask the saints for my prayers or, or, or for my prayers in my head, right? Can demons like hear my thoughts? How's that work? Uh, so the short answer is no. No, they cannot. Yay! Um, yeah, so <laughs> demons can't read your thoughts. Uh, but you know how, like, sometimes you can tell what people are thinking just by looking at them? Especially mm-hmm. if you know them pretty well. Like, it's amazing how, like, little facial expressions or the way people are carrying themselves, like, you kind of get a glimpse into their interior life. Now, you have angels who are incredibly smart uh, and way, and like, have a greater capacity to pick up on all of those things. So they may have such a good intuition of what you're thinking, it might sometimes feel like um, they are, you know, reading your thoughts, and they can, you know, throw temptations at your thoughts, but they cannot read your thoughts. They can't get into your brain, unless there's something, like, really serious, like uh, uh, demonic possession or something like that. But your everyday walking around Christian demons cannot read your thoughts, but they're just really, really clever. So they can sometimes get, a, you know, an idea of what's going on there. I'm going to think so many bad things about them in my head now, just because I know that they can't hear it. I mean, I, I just, I'm going to say don't spend a lot of time thinking about demons. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to be my advice. You can take it or leave it. <laughs> Instead of thinking, turn on a white noise machine. Exactly. <laughs> okay, here's my next one. This is a brand new one, a new thought for me that I never had in my entire life. All right. Um, uh, so the sacraments... We either see them happen or we see them modeled by Jesus in the Gospels, right? So okay. we, we see, you know, Jesus didn't need to have the same kind of baptism that we have, but right. so he went and got, you know, baptized by John. Okay. We see, uh, you know, he, he gives the apostles uh, the ability to loose, loose or not lose sins, you know, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He starts the priesthood. He starts like all these things, right? Um, and we see these examples, you know, the Eucharist is the last supper like there, but here's, here's what really blew up my brain. Okay. Um, it was, it was this past month. I was at a, a session on baptism at the Uh parish. Like they were teaching about baptism and they were like, oh yeah, Jesus baptized, but it's different than ours. So it's like, I was looking for the model of baptism. Yeah. So, Father Anthony Schrapp, were the apostles, the original princes of the church, were they baptized? Were they baptized? Well, I mean, if they were baptized, they were baptized off screen. They uh, sure were. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so um, uh, they were definitely, you know, made Christians. Um, uh, So that was either done through baptism off screen or just by christ doing whatever the heck he wants um but uh yeah and it's also really funny i think it's in john uh where there's like one sentence that says jesus was baptizing and then the next sentence is it actually wasn't jesus his apostles were baptizing <laughs> like it's very it's like why john did you just fix it just you don't need to 
scratch that part out or something. Anyway, so it is a little odd. Um, a lot of times we see um, uh, baptism through images in the Old Testament, like um, is uh, Israel going through the Red Sea, Noah's Ark. Um, we see baptism uh, in the blood and water that flowed from Christ's side. We see an image of it uh, in the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus at, when he takes on the baptism of John. Um, John t- says he'll baptize with fire. So it's all in there. But um, yeah, I don't. Uh, were the apostles actually dunked? I don't know. Uh, that's a very good answer because this usually plane theology isn't a gotcha question. But, yeah. but sometimes there are some reporters on those planes with gotcha questions. This was they, my they first try ever. To get you. This was yeah. my first ever gotcha question on this because there is no record of them ever being baptized, and we have record of the, uh, Jesus asking them to go to go and baptize, yeah, and baptize make right, right. but there's no record of them doing it. So, but like, you know, there, I went and looked it up. I was looking at Catholic answers. I was looking at theologians. I was looking at all this stuff. And there's like, yeah. they're like, I mean, they probably were, but we don't know. You know, like, yeah, exactly. so it just, it just blew me away. It's a thought I had never had before. And I'm just like, man, it's just so crazy that they were like priests. And we're not sure if they were baptized. Right. <laughs> They were in some way sanctified, or else they couldn't be priests. Uh, right. But how did that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that was just a fun little, fun little, <laughs> fun little. I don't know. Question for from, yeah, for, for our good old Catholic Church. Okay. Here's the last one. This is kind of the big one. Um, All right. But I, I, I think you would have preached on this um, sometime in the last few weeks because. We had a big feast day where we sang a Gloria, and we were all required to go to church. That we, yes. it was not a Sunday. What day was that? This was. Um, Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception, where we read about the conception of Jesus. So it must be Jesus' conception, right? Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> so, so dumb. It's so dumb. We read about Jesus' conception on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. We read right. about um, the Old Testament Joseph on St. Joseph's Feast Day. We read yeah. the, the gospel about not showing that we're fasting on Ash Wednesday. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. That's That's a question for... A bishop, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and they're always like, of... "Why are the lay people confused?" Because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the reasoning is Mary was Mary's immaculate conception was for the birth of Jesus. So, I guess that's why you do it that way. Uh, and I think the real answer is there's there's no scripture about it. So it's like, what are you gonna yeah. do? <laughs> my my favorite, I, I I tweeted I tweeted that and got a lot of responses, most of them negative and yelling at me. They're like, of course. Well, that's why you have to listen to the homily. I did. This was what the homily was about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My my pastor talked about this in his homily about how it's confusing about how it was just very funny. I was like, don't, don't, don't call <laughs> me out. I was listening. How do you think mm-hmm. I got content for this show? Okay. Yes. But that day with the Immaculate Conception. My que- my actual question is about preservative grace, and okay. it's not really a theological question. It's more of a question about how theology works. Because here's what happened: mm-hmm. I was at a session on uh, on Mary. This was actually for our foundations course, and I don't teach the session on Mary because I'm not very well versed in Mary. So uh, Jennifer, the other person that that teaches in our foundations course, you can find here on YouTube. Um, she always gets to talk about Mary because she has a she has a vast depth of knowledge about Mary and a very good relationship with Mary. Like you know, she prays the rosary every day, and I and I don't. Cool. So I was hearing about preservative grace, and I've heard it a bunch of times. I heard it at at the feast of the conception. I heard it um, at this foundation session a few weeks ago. With a skeptic's ear, it can sound absolutely insane. 
Okay, it sounds yeah. very convenient. Like uh-huh. most stuff to in my mind, when I learn new things about like how the Old Testament and the New Testament connect, what it does for me is it proves it even more because I mm-hmm. see that like this is perfect t- storytelling. Only God could have told this perfect story that 2,000 years before, B- uh, B- or 2,000 years BC connected with something 33 years, 80. Like nobody else could have done it but God. But with preservative grace, I don't get that feeling or that like mindset of like, this is perfect storytelling and it all connects. It seems very convenient. And like somebody just came up with it later. It's like this whole idea of Mary being saved by Jesus death after Jesus death. Like it seems very convenient and kind of made up. So I want you to explain prevenient grace to me. Um, Cause you, you were saying preservative grace and that, uh, which I, I think is getting at the same thing, but yeah. it just reminded me of toast. I was thinking of like, Different preservative grace. Now I'm very yeah. hungry. Make sure you pray over your jams, but not your jellies. <laughs> exactly. You got to do that first. Mary's. Anyway, so uh, the thing about a lot of theology, so this is me just kind of guessing at this right now, uh, is that we do the theology before we realize what the theology is. So we were praying the mass before we had a theology of the mass. Oh, we okay, were praying yeah. for the dead before we had a why and how we pray for the dead. Right. Or, or like uh, we were praying for the dead before we had an idea of purgatory. Um, so a lot of times the church simply examines what the Holy spirit has guided her to do. So a lot of that. So we are, we have these certain traditions about Mary because we have always had them. It's been a part of like the family thing. Uh, from like the apostles' experience of Mary and the stories that would have been passed on. And so we also know that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man from that. So you have to, it's kind of like taking all of those factors together and be like, okay, well, then how does this work? And the only way it could have worked is the only way a human being can be saved is through Jesus Christ. Well, very conveniently, uh, God is outside and all around time. Time's a really weird thing when we start talking about God. So it's kind of like looking at what we have and then searching for an explanation for it, which is a lot of how we do theology. Um, And uh, that's kind of how you get uh, that sort of thing. And if uh, someone were to say, doesn't that sound awfully convenient? Um, I mean, that's one way to look at it. Or another way to look at it is like God's very clever. He he figured it out. He's a smart cookie. That there, God. But yeah, Yeah. I I get where you're coming from. Uh, But... yeah. And, and, and like, I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And the final thing is, like, there's a bit of an analogy, not a perfect one, with what we see today. That there are some people who seem, who, like, kind of grow up with the faith, who grow into it. There's not a big conversion moment for them. They're just always kind of a part of uh, the faith, and they don't leave it. Um, and there's other people who have kind of bigger conversion experiences later on in life. They're both saved by Jesus Christ, but one's kind of saved in this prevenient way, and other people are saved uh, in this like kind of conversion type way. So you can see that modeled in a more ordinary fashion. Um, so that's that's sometimes how I think about it as well. So there you go. Yeah, no, it's good, and I, I think the the analogy that I think is most commonly used is like you know, there's a big hole in the street. And, you know, so you're driving your car, sinkhole shows up, you, you fall into the sinkhole 
and then Jesus comes in and saves you out of the sinkhole. It's like, did Jesus uh-huh. save you from the sinkhole? Yeah. Or, you know, like me driving down the road, I'm driving right behind you. I see you go into the sinkhole. So I stop or, or I, I, I don't, or let's no, back up. I don't see you go into the sinkhole, but Jesus yeah. sees me going towards the sinkhole, tells me to stop. I don't go in the sinkhole. Did Jesus save right. me from the sinkhole? Yes, Jesus saved me from the sinkhole, right? So were both people saved from the sinkhole? Yes. Yeah. One had to dip into the sinkhole, which is sin, first, and then the other person didn't. And I and like that's everybody else, and then Mary is the person. You know, Mary was yeah. me in that scenario, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think, like, I, I think I get it i think it rubs me the wrong way with most people's understanding of how mary was frustrated or uh, mary was mary was saved it frustrates me because um so when was mary saved i think there are two moments that are the same moment the moment is when jesus rose from the dead or died on the cross right like somewhere right. So, somewhere in those three days right you know, the you paschal mystery the yeah, paschal that mystery thing. right but also the moment was her conception and it was the same right. moment because the paschal mystery had to happen for her to be saved right mm-hmm. so i like honestly where this comes from is every year people are always hating on the mary did you know song right uh-huh. and I think most Catholics bashing that song and yelling about it, saying, of course she knew, the angel Gabriel told her. And my argument almost every year is, angel Gabriel didn't tell her much. And the beauty of that story is that she held these things in her heart and pondered them because she did not come away with the information that we have now. She came away with very little information. I don't fully understand what's going on, but I'm going to say yes to God. And that's, that's the beauty of the story. So I think it takes away from the beauty of the story when people say, oh, of course Mary knew. She knew everything. She, the angel Gabriel told her. No, he didn't. He didn't tell her that. But then also, like, the big line that everybody says makes Mary, did you know, heretical, is that the child that you delivered will soon deliver you or will one day deliver you, right? Where it's like, I get, like, with, with what we believe about preservative grace, that is still true because the Paschal mystery hasn't happened yet. When Jesus is a baby, the salvation that she received, it's those two moments, right? That are The two moments are outside of time, but our story, we are in this story and we are in time, right? Where it's like, could the, could the song have gone into full detail about preservative grace theory? And all? Of course it could have, right? But telling half of the story doesn't mean that it's wrong. It just means that you only told half the story, right? Because the child that you delivered you will one day deliver you and already has delivered you that's that's the line that's missing right but that doesn't make that line wrong and like that's where like my frustration has been and it's like i'm not really frustrated about a song right i'm frustrated that people are frustrated by a song because i I, I, like catholics vitriol around this I, i don't like vitriol around anything when it comes to catholicism but secondarily it's like i think it's a misunderstanding of jesus salvific action i don't know what do you think I think we should hate Mary. Did you know? Uh, Mary, did you know? Because it's overly saccharine and sappy and cringe. Uh, but you have, have uh, uh, hold on. Have you heard the pentatonics version? Oh, they they do everything good though. I know they do. It's so great. <laughs> okay. Have you, no, the, no, no. the Jordan what, Smith version. I, I, okay, that's a musical thing, right? I get you. Yeah. You're joking. Okay, but right. any version of Mary, did you know that's played in the Catholic Church is not the pentatonics version. Okay, right, right, right. Um, and, and it's not a liturgical song. Whatever, fine. But uh, as far as your more substantive points, like 
Yes, it would be wrong to say that Mary completely grasped all the implications of what the angel told her. She has to ponder those things in her heart. She still has to follow Christ. She's constantly, um, she has faith, but she still has hope because she does not fully grasp everything that's going to happen. And the craziest moment is that it's fair to say that even after Christ died, Mary did not lose hope. But did she know that that meant the resurrection? Not necessarily. Yeah. Right? So she's in this spot where all she has is hope. She has it. But the resurrection would have been just as much of a joyful surprise to her. Um, she was awaiting a thing that she could not see but trusted would happen. But didn't know what. So, it's, so I think you lose some of the uh, beauty of Mary's discipleship if you just have this idea that when Gabriel spoke to her, she had like a roadmap of time and knew exactly what's going to happen. That's, that's not true. Yeah. That's not, yeah, you know, so yeah. that for sure. Um, and as far as like um, that line, as far as like uh, the savior will bore save you, whatever. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure the artist who wrote that song wasn't thinking about prevenient grace, right? but if you want to like really bend it, fine whatever um i see your points uh there it there is a way to kind of poetically do that a little bit more accurately than he does but uh your biggest point about people getting all fired up about mary did you know uh and that being silly wholeheartedly agree it's just like we get really excited and we're really happy to bash this one song about mary it's like whatever it's just a song just don't play it don't listen to it who cares just do it right. like, chill and and I don't think I even really understood my frustration until here at the end of our conversation. It's yeah, it's this culture within Catholicism of bashing things, and while we're bashing things, we're miss we're missing the mystery. We're missing uh -huh. the mm -hmm. the deep parts of it, right? Which is essentially what we just talked about. Um, and I just don't like it. And I, and I would my so <laughs> my my the Christmas gift that you can give to me would be to just stop bashing stuff. Uh, uh, just just leave it alone. And, and, and find the mystery in it, right? And it's like, yes, there are ways that we can be playful about things, but it's just like, it's stuff like this that just gets piled on. Every year, it's just piled on and piled on. <laughs> and I'm just tired of it. I'm just so it's, tired of it. Yeah. M hating Mary, did you know, doesn't make you clever. It's not a personality. Just calm down. Like, who cares? Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyway, I like Mary. I love that part. I love, I like, th and that's one of my favorite parts of the Marian story is that she didn't fully understand everything, and yet she was still this model disciple and perfect. Right. And it's like, it just adds so much more to the story other than this crap, this crap theology that we get through hating on Mary. Did you know? Anyway, yeah. that's our Christmas episode. It was a little bit more, uh, <laughs> contentious than I planned. It's cranky, cranky Christmas no, no, episode. Cranky Christmas. We had a little depresso Christmas, but depresso. don't worry. You got to listen to Aaron Weber and what a treat that was. Go get yourself a couple of Milky ways, uh, pay for them. adult. what do I care? <laughs> <laughs> if, if you do steal um you can get a a minor indulgence by sending over your the funds that you would have sent to for your milky ways to fortacatholic.com slash donate send us a christmas gift we would appreciate it father anthony sharapa merry christmas buddy merry christmas taylor <laughs> that's father anthony i'm taylor Schroll. i'll be back next week he'll be back in a month see ya
Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed our Christmas episode with Father Anthony and comedian Aaron Weber. If you did, share the Christmas joy. Give your friends a gift for free by hitting the share button wherever you are watching or listening this right, to this right now. Uh, share it with them in a text on social media. Um, it will just really help us out as we're moving into the new year. We just like to continue to grow the people that, uh, that listen to the show. We know that you enjoy it because here you are in one of the longest episodes we've ever done, still listening. If you are still listening at this point, I challenge you to share this with at least one person. Thank you guys. Y'all are the best. Merry, Merry Christmas from all of us to you. Uh, thanks. And we'll see you soon. Love you. Aaron Weber's story started with charity. No, here's a job. No, here's a crime. And now Taylor's like, <laughs> Now here's charity again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he brought it first full, full circle. circle. <laughs>